Hello, ladies. The Big Balboski here. And right now, you're listening to the Matt Madness Podcast. They talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. They talking all of this. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Ron Pashery, and with me this week are my good friends, Mr. Sexy Punta Conda, the now forever C. Kane Joe Rottermill. Finger blasting the wrestling world. <laughs> and. Mr. Wednesday Night Live, we call him Alo. The ladies call him Balo. Aaron Lloyd. Uh, we were just talking before the show about how we don't know how much there really is to talk about this week. Do you think it's possible that WWE's goal right now is to eliminate all wrestling podcasts? Yes, <laughs> because they very well may not be. Uh, they're not giving us anything really to talk about. I mean, they did some things to kind of, I guess, I guess they're feeling the heat from the AEW and every, everything of that nature. They kind of eliminated the superstar shakeup and kind of did a, um, I don't even know what the hell is going on. <laughs> what, the wild card? The wild card. Vince is brilliant. I'm a genius. <laughs> um, even though there's no parameters for the wild card, it just kind of changes. It's ever evolving. Right. Lack of logic, as always. Um so before I forget, please subscribe on iTunes. Please leave a five-star rating or review. Um, so yeah, WWE, I read something earlier today that apparently WWE is feeling heat from USA Network because of the ratings and because they took Roman off of Raw. And apparently they're already getting heat from Fox. Like, basically saying your ratings are going to need to be better than this when you start here. So one of the, one of the, uh, this is maybe my favorite thing. I think this is even better than the wild card. One of the things WWE opted to do, and I'm not sure if you saw this, they opted to stop posting Raw highlights and SmackDown highlights on YouTube while the show is going on. Because yes, I guess their thinking is, Maybe this is why people aren't watching. Guess what, Vince? That has nothing to do with it. Your shitty TV show is why I don't watch it. I barely even watch your YouTube highlights. So that has nothing to do with it. Joseph, do you think that will help them get more viewers on Monday and Tuesday? No, I didn't even know that was a thing. So it's <laughs> good to show you, show you what I thought of it. I doubt there's that many people that kind of um, that in tune to it. Yeah, and Alo, do you think that'll make any difference? No. Like, when I saw that, I actually laughed. Can, can you guys hear me? Yeah, yeah, I can hear okay. you. Okay, yeah. So, like, when I saw that, I actually chuckled. I'm like, so you're uploading videos probably from maybe a half hour to an hour prior of what happened, and you're blaming that on your television ratings. I'm like, okay, fine, whatever. But <laughs> but this is, like, they've done this before. Like, uh, I believe in 2011 and 2012, they did, they brought the, the big names from SmackDown and most of the Smack, I believe most of the SmackDown guys, especially the big names, they brought them to Raw on Monday nights to battle Monday night, Monday night football. And they called it the Raw Super Show. And that essentially wiped out the rest of the brand split. Like SmackDown still had their roster and those guys worked on SmackDown and the Raw guys just worked Raw for the most part. But the big names from SmackDown came to Raw. But like they've done this before to, to increase ratings. But at this point, it's not even about that it's like you're not entertaining me and you're not doing anything compelling on television and like if you watch like i know some of the crowds like they're in some obscure cities for raw and smackdown but if you like watch the shots of the crowd when people come out nobody's reacting to anything and <laughs> it's just like sad to watch and like last week we had a question from prep that talked about the was the attitude ever uh overrated he started to kind of think that and one of my points i wanted to make and i after i listened back to the show was where i feel that it's also could be seen as overrated because you can make an argument for i can make an argument for it being overrated and underrated at the same time but one of the points that i feel that it's overrated is because wwe 20 years 20 plus years later they're still trying to recreate that same stuff and it's not working anymore. 
It's like it was fine. It was great then for what it was, but you don't have the characters anymore to do that, and you're not creating the characters and putting in a position to succeed like that. You did it with Becky Lynch for those few months, but now she's completely washed out. This like her popularity is probably like it, it peaked months ago, and like you guys keep trying to bring Vince back and stuff and try and get a pop. Like it gets a pop out of me because of the little things he says. Like he's like, "Well, this is my show, and uh, like, I'm the man." And, like like that stuff always gets a pop out of me, but it, it's not good TV. And like this whole wild card rule, like, like I said, they've done this before, but it's like it's not going to help. You're not doing anything to entertain me or anybody else. This goes immediately to and I, Joey. I don't remember if you were on the show the week that that I said this. But it goes immediately to, like, they made a big deal out of the Superstar shakeup, like, leading into the week it was going to happen. And I said, like, it doesn't matter. Like, quote-unquote, fresh matchups don't matter. Like, AJ Styles going to Raw doesn't matter. You know, whoever going to SmackDown doesn't matter. Because it's the same people producing the same crappy show, no matter who's where. And to me, it's just, like, bearing itself out. That it doesn't matter who you put on what show... The shows are not good. Like the wild card. Cool. Uh, your YouTube highlights. Cool. Like, have you ever thought of actually sitting down and making a good show? Have you ever thought that maybe people stopped watching because what you're doing isn't worth their time? And you ever th- have you ever thought about, let's maybe change some things, like the substance of the show? Uh, and I'm glad that you brought up the... Uh, when you were talking about the wild card, you said they did this before where they ended the brand split. That was another thing I read that was that Fox does not want them to have a split brand. Yeah. Like they want them to be telling stories on the two shows that like carry over. This may be like an impossible question to answer. Well, Joey, let, let me ask you on an average week. One to Usually ten. twice a week. <laughs> and then, you know, maybe a third time on Sunday, but... Oh, wait, never mind. I should hear the question first. <laughs> How entertained are you typically on a Monday and Tuesday night? Like, one being not at all, ten being yeah, like you thoroughly said, entertained. Like you said, it varies. Um, there's high points, low points. I mean, but for the most part, I've probably been at a four as far as entertainment level, especially with, you know, everything we got going on with the Philly, Philadelphia Phillies hype and the Sixers about to end their playoff careers. Um, but that's been entertaining as well, and that's kind of keep keeping my interest a little more than wrestling recently. Um, some of the things they did this week were interesting because you have like quality rematches from um, like WrestleMania and some of the bigger pay per views. But again, they're just grasping at straws. They're just throwing superstars on both shows, and again, pushing away more time for people that they should be pushing, not giving other other people TV time, which is the issue. Yeah, and Alo, you like you, your average week. Where would you be coming in entertainment wise? Uh, I'm not entertained at all, really. Uh, <laughs> you know, since Sasha Banks isn't on the television, so that's one less reason to watch. Uh, the women's division has like plummeted, I believe. Like, I do enjoy Lacey Evans. Anytime Lacey Evans comes out, like I am glued to the television because. Me and you talked. Me and you. I don't know how Joey feels about it, but I know me and you really enjoyed this. Like, I just love the fact how she calls, she she calls the other women the bitch nasties. I think that's hysterical. <laughs> but um, got Daniel Bryan back this week too. That was fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Daniel Bryan and Rowan was actually Daniel Bryan and Rowan were really fun this week. Um, but other than that, it's like yeah, like nothing's happened. Like we had high hopes for the iconic because the women's tag team champions, and they were like, they were like dwindled down to dot com exclusives on the stage on, on Raw and SmackDown this week, uh, it's like there's no there's nothing going on, you know? And uh, there's not much, like, I can't blame the talent. It's just it's just Vince, and can't really say the creative team. It's, it's Vince, and, like, I'm not entertained anymore, and there's nothing going on at all that really piques my interest at all with, this, with these two shows on a weekly basis. What would you say on a number level? Where would you rank it as far as your interest? Oh, God. Well, uh, since Carmelo's on television, maybe a two. <laughs> hard to. Hard to. Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm at a zero, obviously, for a lot of the reasons why 
I've mentioned on previous shows a lot of my just disdain for them as a company and for them as people. Not to mention that I feel like they're wasting, at a minimum, they're probably wasting four hours of our time every week. Because, Joey, I think I asked you one time, like, in an average raw of the three hours, how many minutes of it would you say you're really enjoying it? And you're like, never more than a half hour. <laughs> so they're, they're, wasting, they're wasting two and a half hours of your time on Mondays. And I assume on Tuesdays, there was a time when we all were lo- loved SmackDown. and Kicked out with the gates with the brand split uh, red hot. And then it kind of just slowed down. And now we're kind of where we're at now where it's puttered. Like I said, they did some interesting things this week, but that's just, again, an attention grabber. They're not going to have any sustainability with it. Right, like they didn't do anything that like changes the trajectory of the shows. It's like maybe it made a segment here or a segment there a little better this week, but it doesn't change anything. Like it, nothing's different. So Yeah, and then at the same... Sorry to cut you off, Pash. Once mm-hmm. again, technical difficulties <laughs> So from last week, but... Like, like you guys, you guys just brought up about when the brand split first started. Uh, the reason SmackDown was so compelling is because everything was like kind of brand new to us. You know, AJ Styles was just getting started. He came off the heights of the John Cena feud. Uh, Carmella Alexa Bliss uh, just came up to, to the to the uh, main roster on SmackDown. Sasha Banks and Charlotte were finally getting those one on one matches that were, were up to the caliber of their NXT matches. Everything was kind of brand new, but. Fast forward three years later, everything is the same thing, and and to some point you could say you could say there was there's been a regression. Yeah, uh, do you think that? Like, so my feeling was always they should have never done a brand split. Um, do you think maybe them ending the brand split and trying to make things more? cohesive maybe scale back the roster a little bit or i I don't know maybe we'll get this is going to be like more of a philosophical wrestling discussion than a this happened and that happened this week like what what do you think could help like it's easy to say like tell better stories create better characters but like do you think the brand split is a good thing or a bad thing because i i really think it has been a bad thing. I don't think the brand, it's a bad thing. Uh, just the way they're doing it is an awful thing. Um, when we say write better stories, we're not saying they have to f- they have to write a J.R. Tolkien novel here <laughs> to sell me on the wrestling brand. But if they just had some direction or if they kind of planned ahead, um, I mean, like the Marvel Universe has planned out, what, 22 movies? And yeah. they had an endgame, pun intended, mm-hmm. and it fit. When we got stories that they just throw at the wall, hopefully it fits. Like, okay, they gave Zack Ryder and uh, what's-his-face the tag team titles. Cool. Could be a story you get behind. And then they have them job to the Viking experience because they want them to win now. And there's they call no the team real the Viking cohesion experience. There. Yeah, there's no real cohesion there. So you're pushing these guys. You give them the title. Now they're the scrubs. Why give them the title then? Yeah. There's no direction. It's just they just did something to do it. Yeah, piggybacking off of Joey, right? How do people feel about Ryder and Hawkins? That story could have really been fun if they actually put more into it, because the whole because of Hawkins' whole losing streak. And I'm glad I'm kind of glad you brought this up, Pash, because I meant to send this to you. I don't know if you saw it or not, but Rhino did an interview with Chris Violet. Uh, it's, been, it's 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 going viral, and basically he was saying how WWE is basically paying superstars a, t- a a boatload of money just to sit at home. Right, like just you know, to not be part of another promotion, pretty much. Yes, yeah, because yeah, because Rhino's contract is up in July, and WWE offered him a brand new contract for a boatload of money, but he turned it down because he actually wants to wrestle. But he's saying that WWE, they're kind of like they just, they want to have you, but the same like the way Rhino put it, it made sense from a company standpoint, and like for his benefit, it's like. You might not be working, but they want to pay you handsomely for not working. Yeah, so they, basically, want, they like, want to monopolize you. They want yeah. to have you so you can't make money. Uh, you can't pull attraction to other promotions, but not yeah. use you because they have nothing to do for you. Yeah, and they're throwing. Yeah, and they're throwing. They're throwing like a. a 
but he couldn't pay it's like the whole, the whole territory days, but we already know that Vince is trying to keep everybody away from AEW and impact at the, at, at this point. And like, I'm not think I don't think the brand split's a bad thing. I think it's a great thing. I swear I'd rather have it because even, even when the brand split first started, it's like, if it wasn't for the brand split, we would probably wouldn't have gotten some of the, some of our favorite moments in wrestling history. You probably wouldn't have got Eddie Guerrero winning the title. Despite how you feel about Chris Benoit, you might never got that moment in history. Uh, we probably might never got, might never got JBL, depending on whatever, what you feel about JBL. But it can't, it is effective and it can't work and it, it creates different opportunity. But WWE in 2019, they're not creating anything. Right. So I have like a couple of thoughts. So, so first of all, I'm debating which one I should go with first. My thoughts on the brand split or my thoughts on uh, the Rhino interview, which I didn't see, but I I at least understand what he was talking about. Uh, I'll go with the Rhino thing first. Actually, you know what? I'll hold off on that because I think I'm going to make a larger point on that that may lose people anyway. So I might as well stick with the brand split for now. The reason why... So it's a good point that you bring up about like it created more moments throughout the history of WWE when you had the two different shows and the two different rosters it gave more talent like more of an opportunity to shine when they may not have had it the reason why um of the belief that it is bad at this point is because it's it's created like too much like as much as like I'll complain about they expect me to spend five hours watching this every week. Like they have to fill five hours every week. They were already not filling three hours very well with Raw. And when SmackDown was a throwaway show, it was a throwaway for a reason. Me as a viewer, I was like, all right, fine. I could get through the three hours when I only I could fast forward through SmackDown and see the one or two things I need to see. But it was, has been such a huge turnoff that it's like, all right, I have to watch these two separate shows that are both longer than they, than they need to be. So if it was like two one-hour shows, I might feel exactly like, oh, the brand split is good. Or like a two-hour show and a one-hour show. It's just so much content. And like I do not have it within me to care about that much wrestling content. Not to mention when it's bad. Like almost exclusively. So... I almost think they'd be better off going away from the the brand split because I feel like it might be easier to manage and like get things under control. Like right now I think it's just so much that they have to deal with. They're not doing good at any of it and it's all just kind of falling fall, I I really feel like it's falling apart. I mean we're not realistically looking at it getting 5 hours of content either. I mean the show, you could say the shows are too long or they don't have enough but I mean, majority of it, a lot of times on Raw, even this week when they had good matches, cut off by commercials. Way more commercials than actual wrestling time. SmackDown drives me crazy when they put the little screen up in the corner and I'm watching a commercial in the middle of what could be a good match. It just ruins any momentum and it's just more of that than any any kind of good, good content. I'm glad you brought that up too because that leads me to another thing that I saw. And like, I hate to say that this makes me so happy and Alo, you can you can respond to this, but don't let me forget about my thing on the uh, the Rhino interview. Um, okay. But I, I saw someone mentioning the ads they were doing during the show, like there were more ads than ever. And someone said, like I've been in marketing, they're doing that because basically what they're charging for advertising space, they're not creating the return that they promised. So now they have to basically give away more ad give time. More. So, and I think this is interesting, and like I said, Ayla, you, you could give your thoughts on this. I think it's interesting because we've had them as a company, and defenders of WWE say, like, the ratings aren't that big of a deal anymore. Like, I hate to bring up Vince Russo ever, but, like, he's been harping on them for so long about ratings, and a lot of times it gets swept under the rug. Like, the ratings aren't what they used to be. They're, they don't mean that much. They get a lot of viewership on YouTube and DVR and whatever. But, like, that tells you right there. Their ratings are way down. And even this week, they were... I saw stories that, like, the ratings are up slightly. But they're up slightly from the worst ratings they've ever had on a non-holiday. So it's not like they went up to a decent rating. It's still a really bad rating. It's just... 
climbed it's, out of the gutter. A little and bit. it's affecting the product now where they're actually having to make up advertising time. And that's why I say, like, this is the first time I, I actually feel like they might be in some type of trouble. I'm not saying they're going to fold within a year or anything like that. But I think there are, like, severe cracks in the foundation of WWE. And, and Alo, you, you can respond to that if you have any uh, any thoughts on that. Uh I can't really disagree. Uh, and like the things that succeed are the things that are, that are succeeding and everything in WWE is everything that's not the television shows. I don't watch NXT as faithfully as I always, as I used to do, but NXT is flourishing. Uh, I hear NXT UK is flourishing. Everything they do in the network with the, uh, the specials and stuff like that's doing great. And everything else they're doing outside of the company is always great because they all, they they constantly show it. But at a certain point, the TV ratings there are going to be a part of their problem, and and that and it might be a bit of their downfall because we've been hearing about Fox and wants the ratings to be higher, and it's like how do you get them higher? Like, and the thing is, I always hark back to this promo where in two thousand two, where Vince says. I know what they want better than they do. And sometimes I do believe that. And I do believe he listens. And I do believe he has people in his ear. But for, in order for things to change, it's like you kind of got to pull the trigger on what the people really, really want. And that does a lot for your, that does a lot for your company. Sure does. It gets people behind you. It, it's a lot better than force feeding them puree. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean that and, and, Uso hot had um, <laughs> had Vince written all over it. Yeah, and I keep and like I hate and you guys know I don't. If you guys know personally, I do not talk about wrestling unless it's Wednesday night and I'm live. <laughs> that, I don't. I don't want to talk and about live. I don't want to talk about any. I don't want to talk about wrestling any other day. Like you want to talk about wrestling, and that includes any bias in the street. Talk to me Wednesday night. That's the only time I'm talking about wrestling because. I get into these. I get into these arguments. Like I had a friend who calls me. Like I tell him all the time, WWE is a show about WWE. He's like, No, it's not. No, it's mm-hmm. not. I'm like, Dude, count how many times you you hear them talk about themselves and what they're doing, or what, uh, or they have a movie coming out. They're doing Make a Wish. Uh, who got this award? Uh, what events up next? What are they doing in other countries? Count how many times you see that in one night, and. Like don't like don't knock me. That's PR one on one. I understand it completely. But if you're looking for wrestling, you're not going to get it from WWE in 2019. But since WWE is king, they don't have to acknowledge or change for anybody else until somebody comes and ha- and forces them to change. Your friend sounds a lot like Shaq. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting because so. The, the whole idea of like listening to the fans and giving the fans what they want. You could make the argument that they did do that at WrestleMania this year. We got, for the most part, what we wanted. We got Seth Rollins as a champion dethroning Brock Lesnar. We got Becky Lynch winning the two titles. We got Kofi winning his first world championship. Th- those were the three biggest things to go into that show. And we got all three things we wanted. And we all came out of WrestleMania way less interested than we were going into it. So there's like that aspect of it. And also, like, so Alo, and, and I agree, through, throughout wrestling history, there have been times where Vince proved he knew what we wanted more than we did. When do you think is the last time he did, though? It's been a while because, like we, like we, like we talked about on the show, the, land, the way WWE does business has changed within the last five years. So it's a lot different than what it used to be back in the day. It's like, like for example, the whole Daniel Bryan thing at WrestleMania 30, where he wasn't supposed to be in the main event. He's supposed to wrestle Sheamus and Vince and like the fans were, sh- were shitting on the idea of Randy Orton going against Batista in the main event of WrestleMania. They, they, did, a, they did an audible and changed to put Bryan into that situation. And in like, after that he got hurt or whatever, but, the fans forced them to change that. Now, I understand that just because people complain, you can't change what you're doing because just because a few people are complaining, you're going to change what you're doing 
that that doesn't make sense when it comes to a company. But with with WWE at this point, it's like, especially with Vince, it's like Vince, you kind of gotta, you know, take your fill up the gas a little bit and lean back and let somebody else take the reins over a bit. Like, like as we know, I'm a Triple H fan, but I, I do believe that when Triple H takes over eventually, that this this will be a bit better because it the, the stuff that goes on wrong on SmackDown to tell stories should not be that hard at all. Yeah, I mean, you see what happens. Like you said, NXT flourishing, that's a lot to do with Triple H. Um, so you'll see that improvement, and you'll see some more of that, uh, that wrestling that you're, that you're yearning for. Yeah, so like then the thing I think about that is if you want to talk about the success of NXT or the success of NXT UK or, or whatever... It's really succeeding in, in that it's making like a very small fragment of the fan base happy, like the people that want to see that particular style. And if WWE is not careful, their viewership is going to be just that group of people. Like they've skated by knowing these people will just keep watching because we are wrestling now. Hardcore fans. But I know I am not the only person. That has stopped caring. I know I'm not the only person that has stopped watching. And if you asked me three years ago, like, do you think you'll ever just stop watching Raw? I would say no. I might complain about it. I might be bored. But there's always going to be a reason to watch. And now I've gotten to the point where I'm like, I have no desire to watch it. I don't care about it. It, it, it does not matter to me. Um, and that's why I say I feel like there may be some, like some turbulent times ahead because I do think their viewership is dropping below the point that they thought was the bottom. The Mendoza line? Yeah, like I think they probably thought the bottom <laughs> was like maybe a little less than 3 million people a week watching. And they got 2.2 million people watching this week. And they were under 2 million on SmackDown again. And to me, SmackDown is, is way closer to the, the bottom number because to me, those are like the true, like, hardcore, diehard fans that are going to watch Raw and SmackDown. So you're looking at, like, they're down to 1.9 million people that are, like, willing to go down with the ship when they probably thought it was closer to 3 million, like, a year or two ago. Guess that ship's going down with me on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that and, and here's the other crazy thing is, like, I do think people in our generation are more likely to not give it up. Because, like, I just turned 40, you're 38, correct? Yeah. Um, we grew up with this in the 80s. You know, Joe Laugh, same thing. He's been watching this for over 30 years. Godfather. Yeah, it's hard to... It's, like, hard to let go of it when it is, like, a part of your life. But I, I think, like, people in our age group who have grown up with it all this time are the ones that are keeping it afloat. Now, you'll get, like, the kids that'll watch it. But a lot of them probably stopped by the time they're 10 or 11. Like, Alo fell in love with this stuff when he was a kid in the late 90s at, like, another Crush, peak. Crushing some jammers. Yes, at, like, another peak period. But kids growing up now, they don't have, like, that to hold on to. Like, that time when this was the best thing I could have been watching. Like, if you're 15 or younger, there's no point in your life that you're, like, when I was watching wrestling and it was, like, the best at this time. So that that's what I think. Like they're they're losing, I think the ability to like hold on to younger fans losing some of the legacy. for long periods of time. Um, and well, I I may be like looking at it more much. like the uh, sky is falling than it is. But go ahead, Alo. Yeah, one more thing. Uh, you guys talked about how like they kind of gave us what we wanted with with uh, Colby, Becky, and Seth. Uh, I, you guys know how I watch this stuff like a t like a TV show, mm -hmm. and this kind of actually came up. And two of, two of the things I watched, uh, Stephen A, not Stephen A. Lowe, he was <laughs> schooling Max Kellerman about basketball once again because, God, Max irks my nerves. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, and Bruce Pritchard also said this too because, remember, as the, a part of creative, it's a television show. And, we all, we all, and what television shows always harp on is you'll remember the moment more than the – but you won't remember – the things surrounding the moment. So you won't remember all the crap Becky Lynch went through in two years 
to go and when you go back to WrestleMania 35, you won't always you won't go back to Brock Lesnar not being there for majority of the time. You'll just know that you'll just see that Seth Rollins defeated Brock Lesnar. Oh, that's something I'll and, never forget. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we won't we we won't we won't forget. But we won't forget. But the way it'll be remembered, <laughs> nobody will remember. Nobody usually. A lot of people, unless it's a mark like me, they don't they don't always remember the fluff that was around everything. They just remember that moment. Yeah, you just like, remember I, the end game, not the details. Yeah. So, like, I got into an argument at the barbershop uh, last week. Uh, somebody was talking. I forgot what we were talking. We were talking about like three. We were talking about upsets in the NBA playoffs. And this guy, he's I think he's like around my age, or a little younger than me. And he talked about, oh yeah, nobody expect in 07, nobody expected the Warriors to be Dallas. I was like, excuse me, hold up, hold up. I understand it was a one eight seed, but Golden State smoked Dallas in the, in the regular season that year, three games to one, and they end up winning that series, I believe, four games to two. So nobody, so when it comes to moments, everybody doesn't remember the fluff around it. They just promote that moment and nothing else. And that's what WWE does. So WWE, they'll they'll pick they'll pick that at one moment, but they will never talk about the fluff about it. So that's what they do when they create their moments. Yeah, it truly becomes a moment and nothing more than that. But like they, they just have done nothing with it to like hold to hold our attention. Um, and I like I don't know what what the answer is. Like it, it may even be just as simple as like wrestling as like a storytelling device does not work in this day and age because one there's so much else to spend your time watching two like alo brought up the territory days it's just a different world like i you can remember joe you and i growing up and you wouldn't see hulk hogan wrestle on no. TV, very often. You'd have to wait for pay-per-views. Um, or he'd have a one-squash match. Right. Here, now and again. He'd have a match on Saturday night's main event once in a while. Versus Joe, corner, corner store, <laughs> Lukens. Yeah, like the, the two Hogan matches I really remember from my childhood that were on TV. There was one Saturday night's main event. He had a steel cage match against, uh, I believe, uh, Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. And then there was another one, I believe, against Harley Race, who was the king at that point. King Harley. Um, but, like, you didn't see those guys often. And now, like, your champion, unless it's Brock Lesnar, is on TV every week. And you get tired of seeing the same thing. Like, it's really hard to make Becky interesting every single week. But then when it's Brock Lesnar and he's on the show, like, six times a year... That's not fun either. So I, I almost don't know how you make an entertaining show that's on 52 weeks a year, you know, for Raw three hours a week for 52 weeks and for SmackDown two hours a week for 52 weeks. I don't know if it's possible to, like, really make it enjoyable most of the time. I almost think, like, they need to have a season of television and not just pretend they have a September season premiere when, like, the previous season never really ended. I, to me, that like that's the hardest thing. Like, I was thinking about this earlier. Like, I'm tired of just complaining about it. But I don't know if I have a single good solution. You do. You've been a lot, writing a lot of the storylines for WWE. <laughs> well, all the Sami Zayn all the ideas. You know? <laughs> Sami Zayn's ripped out of, your, out of your, your photo album. I mean, that is true. So maybe I have had good ideas, and that's the few, the couple good things that they're doing. Like, Alo, do, do you look at it and see, like, if they only did this, it would be better? Or is it really just as simple as, like, just do better? Like, uh, do you have any, like, actual, like, solution? Uh, it's, a, it's a little difficult because, like I said, like I stated earlier in the show that the crowd's not reacting to anything. Now I, I'm not there. I don't know if the built if, if the arenas are well. We know the arenas are bigger than what they were 20 years ago, so all the sounds kind of like confined more. But nope, it doesn't seem like anybody's reacting to anything. And 
the one thing I will give SmackDown and Raw for this credit, people do watch title matches, and we had two WWE Championship matches on Smack on Raw. Well, this week on Raw and SmackDown, so I give them kudos for that because at, at a certain point, I thought Sami Zayn was going to win. I like I got I, I was like I popped when he kicked out when Kobe kicked out of the uh, blue thunder pop. But like that's one thing times. that makes <laughs> yeah yeah I was like wow like I really thought Sami Zayn had that title one, but. That like that creates compelling television, and I also harping back about it's a TV show. You gotta give somebody a reason to watch every week. Like something has to happen, like a cliffhanger for almost everything. Like the Bray Wyatt Firefly Funhouse. That's like the best thing that, that they're doing on a weekly basis because, like even this week, like I was trying to like depict everything that he said to try to make sense of it, like because to find a hidden message. I couldn't really come up with anything, but I'm sure you might have saw some came up with something past but for the last three weeks those have been the most compelling things on television poor rustling and, rabbit <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, poor rabbit but uh yeah like <laughs> even, even like and then at the same time the things that they're trying to do that can be compelling the situation the scenario that, that, that the superstars are put in are completely redundant like as, as good as the Kofi Kingston story was how many times do we get a gauntlet match how many times do we get contract signings how many times do we get the, the promo kickoff raw like that everything is overdone now because one they booked themselves into more TV more TV than ever before and that's just the weekly shows that's not even counting the other stuff they do on their network between NXT and NXT UK which they steal from at times and what and that doesn't count also the other wrestling that's around and there's but so much you're not going to see anymore everything is basically redone and rehashed over and over again. Now that's just that's just that's just standard television, not standard television and not just wrestling. But at a certain point, like something has to be compelling about a contract signing. Something special has to happen at a contract signing. Something special has to open has to happen at opening raw promo. Something has to happen to end the show to make you want to watch the next week or the night after the pay, or the, the raw after the pay per view. Nothing's happening for you to like Bite sink your teeth into it. Okay, I can't wait to see what's going to happen. The show just ends with no, with with no, with nothing to look forward to. Yeah, I mean, there, like, there obviously has to be better, better writing done, and I know that that's possible because there obviously are plenty of shows on TV where the writing is good. I don't think they necessarily care about that so much. Uh, also, like part of the advantage of being having like a live broadcast is you would think on a live broadcast, like I'm watching this live because it's something I need to see. You know, whether you're watching a, a Sixers playoff game or, you know, you're watching Warriors Rockets. If you're not watching it when it's broadcasting live, you're going to find out what happened beforehand or whatever. Or you're going to miss something that you didn't want to see. They don't take advantage of that aspect of their programming at all. It is very rare that anything surprising happens. When you watch it, I don't think any of us watch it like, who knows what's going to happen tonight. I can't tell you the last. Well, I can't even tell you the last time I sat down to just watch an episode of Raw Live. But even more so, I can't tell you the last time I sat down to watch it and thought, who knows what's going to happen tonight. Well, they had some of that element this week with the the wild card rule. But again, it's just controlled chaos, if you will. Yeah. Um, now, to, to get to the point about the uh, the topics that, that Rhino brought up, about WWE paying guys a lot of money just to like stay at home, to keep them away from the enemy, so to speak. That like reminds me of like the Vietnam War, or it reminds me of like, the Soviet Union invading Afghanistan in the 80s, where your opponents basically, like let's take the war in Afghanistan by Russia, for instance. The Soviet Union occupied Afghanistan for 10 years, and I know wrestling fans are going to be so bored by hearing this, but there, there is a point. The United States was funding the Afghani soldiers in order to keep the, the Soviet Union wasting resources in an unwinnable war in Afghanistan, which ultimately contributed to the Soviet Union crumbling. 
like to me that like that's what it sounds like the same thing happened in, in vietnam like where the united states got dragged in there they got stuck there forever with no way to actually improve anything and they just wasted resources it sounds like that's where w that's where wwe is right now like we're going to invest more resources in hurting our competition which is so small it can't even really hurt us anyway instead of investing our resources in making what we do actually good and the craziest part is the best thing that could happen to wwe is AEW really getting some buzz? Get some traction. Because it will make them, it will force them by necessity to do things better. Like, there really is no way AEW can outdo WWE. It should not happen. But if AEW does really well, it will force WWE to be better, which will make their bottom line even better. So to me, like, that's just such a waste. And it's so lazy to just pay guys to sit around so the other guys can't have them. And that's another reason like, why I say I'm concerned. I'm not even concerned because I kind of do want them to fail. But like, I think this is the shakiest ground they've been on since the mid-90s. Like, I do think there is a real threat to them being the type of worldwide amazing company that they think they are. Because I don't think that they can sustain with like the losses of viewership that they are sustaining on a weekly basis. And I don't see anything that makes me think they're ever going to get 3 million viewers a week again on Raw. Like, how many people do you know, Joseph, that like loved wrestling at one time and like kind of like it now, they might watch WrestleMania or might watch the Rumble or SummerSlam. How many of those people do you know that ever invest any more than like just those couple times a year? Like, do you know anyone that will sit down and watch WrestleMania this year and be like, I'm definitely going to start watching Raw again tomorrow? No. I don't think so. Or, like, when I mean, Goldberg people watch, like you, got, like, you said, occasionally might pick it up if I, if I get them together, but it's, like, you know, not a, lot, not a ton of interest. Nothing that's really kind of going to draw them. Right, like, the interest is isolated to, like, that night they're hanging out. Yeah. Alo, how about you? Do you know anybody like that that, like, kind of likes it a couple big times a year? And then at one point says, like, y'all, I'm, like, into this again. Like, do you ever see that happen? Yeah, I, I see it occasionally by a few culture vultures, but... um, Culture vultures. <laughs> but not not all the time. Because like, everybody knows what WrestleMania is. Everybody knows what Royal Rumble is. Where everybody knows what SummerSlam is. But that's that's about it. They'll tune in because they know what they are. But on a weekly basis, they might just, like, they won't talk about it. Do you see anything happening that tells you any of this is going to be turning around anytime, like within this year? Like, do you see Once, any signs of life? Well, uh, AEW it is supposed to, I believe, the rumor is that I believe it's starting up in October on TV. Uh, after AEW gets rolling, that's when they gotta start kind of paying attention because you gotta you know that they're gonna be keeping an eye out on their numbers, and at the same time, one of the one of all AEW's things was not insult your intelligence, do our and I do our best to entertain you, and that's gonna in the first few weeks and months of AEW will be completely on WWE's radar. Especially if it's going head to head with SmackDown, it's definitely going to be on their radar. Is that is that the plan for them to go head to head with SmackDown? I, I believe it's I believe it's going to be the weekly show. I believe it's reported to be on Tuesdays. Well, it's going to be SmackDown's going to be Friday night eventually, isn't it? Oh yes, you're right. You're right, Joey. Yeah, you're right. So yeah, Tuesday. Yeah, I'm. I'm just curious. I mean, that that's maybe the one thing that will keep me somewhat invested in the world of wrestling is like this idea that I just want to see what happens with AEW and the way WWE responds to it. Um, yeah. But, but see, like I'm glad you already brought that up because now it's like, will they even respond because they're not going head to head on Tuesdays? Well, I think it's smart for AEW not to go head to head because oh, yeah, I agree about AEW, but I'm talking about, Will WWE even acknowledge them because they're not 
head to head on any days. Yeah, it depends. Like you said, like Ron said, if if they look at it and their viewership is getting to a certain point where like, wow, we need to do something. I mean, they'll have a, probably a peripheral view on that. That's about it. Mm-hmm. I think like so. Here's here's why I think they will care. Because I think WWE knows there are only so many people that actually care about wrestling at all. And right now, they are by far the thing that has like the most interest. And Sports Illustrated has that section called like Extra Mustard or whatever, where a lot of times they'll interview like wrestling personalities. Uh, you have like Rolling Stone will write about wrestling from time to time. If AEW starts getting mentioned in these publications, Alo mentioned the whole thing about WWE being a commercial for themselves. How often are they telling us, the people who watch every week, this is what this newspaper said about us. This is what this magazine said about us. This is what this TV show said about us. Wait till there's somebody else that is getting talked about in those same outlets that is not going to sit well with them. So I do think they'll care like for that alone, like just seeing them get attention that is usually reserved only for them. Um, and obviously like the ratings, who, who knows? I have no idea what to expect with the SmackDown ratings on Fox or AEW ratings on whatever channel they end up on. But I do think they will care because I know AEW, at least at the beginning, is going to get attention that usually only WWE gets. And you got Vince's vanity of the whole situation. I mean, he is very vain in that sense. Um, unless he's distracted by the whole XFL life, he'll have he'll definitely be keeping an eye out. I mean, oh, is, yeah, that, that is that going to be the thing that turns WWE around when he's focused on something else? I wouldn't be shocked because they got they got. Uh, I don't know if you saw where their schedule came out. They'll be having games on ESPN two and ABC. Yeah, they wow. got some good backing. I cannot yeah. wait to not watch that. You'll be watching. You'll be <laughs> this time next year, you'll be gushing over it. <laughs> um, anybody else have any like big overall, bigger overall like wrestling thoughts that we didn't didn't discuss? Can't say I do. Yeah, yeah, I have something. Um, Going back to the Sasha Banks thing, I'm not sure if any of you guys saw this, but I kind of want to read a quote from. I want to read a quote from Booker T. Uh, He says, I remember a guy by the name of Avon Riley when I first started wrestling back in the day. The guy used to play for the Houston Oilers back in the day and then he got out of football and wanted to get into wrestling. And he realized that the pro wrestling is nowhere near where he thought it was. He was out in a heartbeat, but they're the ones like Sasha Banks, who has all the talent and rises rises up to that top level and gets there and then realizes that it's not what she thought it was because the reason is that it's not all about you. It's never going to be about you. Now, we all, now I'll take that first. So we all know that, well, me and Ron, I'm not sure what Joey stands, but me and Ron think Sasha Banks is the best worker in the division and, pro, and potentially can be the best character in the division as well. So I agree with Booker T, but, but at the same time, I kind of feel for Sasha Banks because when – the, the peak of the women's revolution was because of her and Charlotte, Becky, and Ron, and, uh, and uh, Bailey. So, and, and Sa- Sasha was the champion when it was at its peak. So, and we, we talked about a couple weeks ago, Sasha has never got a chance to shine. She's never got the moment to be a great character. She's had moments winning the title, but she never got those moments to be, like, a character or be the legit boss. She just is the happy just happy to be here suit wrestler and there's so many stop and goes and i just think she wants to be validated at a certain point and feel important within the company and that kind of goes hand in hand with the whole rhino thing they just kind of just like do whatever with anybody and if not they'll just pay you to sit at home and i also do agree with booker t because in a way sasha banks does want it to be about her but that's not how the wrestling business works but i just think that sasha banks was that she should be validated at some point in WWE. And there was also a, a great article on Bleach, Bleach Report last week that said that Sasha Banks isn't as needed as she was four years ago, which is completely true because they, 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 they branched the women's division off into, into bigger things since then with uh, the women's tag, with the 
we're at the height of, of evolution and the main event and pay-per-views and uh, main event of WrestleMania. They, like the women's division has skyrocketed to new heights. It's not that great for the last past couple of months, but it's skyrocketing into new heights. And Sasha Banks doesn't really need isn't as as needed as she was four years ago. I, I think that's definitely true. Like obviously in NXT when she was, I think we would all agree at her absolute peak. There obviously were only three other like stars that they had in that women's division with the the four horse women and Alexa Bliss was kind of there as like a lower level. Carmella was at a lower level. Um, and now obviously it has grown to a degree in the last few years where each individual person, like it's harder to stand out because there's so many other people you're competing with. But I think on Booker T's part, like, I, I think he's completely wrong about that. I don't believe Sasha's issue is that it's not all about me. I think Sasha's issue is, like, this is, like, what we're doing is garbage. Yeah. I, don't, I definitely don't yeah. think it's it's that it's not enough about her. I think it's that she feels like, yeah. like what yeah. the hell are we even doing here? Yeah, yeah. see, that, that's, that's why I, I kind of I agree with both, because I don't take it as Booker T said it's not, like, he said it's not all about you, but you know what I mean? I don't really, like, oh, he thinks it's all about you, you know? It's like, I understand where both are coming from. He's saying, like, okay, it's not going your way, be quiet. But from Sasha's perspective, it's like, this is trash. And as you know, my feelings on, like, in the workplace, I know obviously their job is different than any of the jobs that any of us have had in the times that I've, I've known you guys. But if you are doing a job and it's making you miserable, you shouldn't just feel this obligation to continue to do it. I mean, unless you don't have another choice. Um... You know, sometimes you have a job that you hate, but it, it, it makes enough money to pay the bills. And if you leave, to an end. yeah, like you may not be able to find that compensation elsewhere or wh whatever the case may be. But like she's in a, in a position where she, I feel like she's made enough money to like where she's not hurting. I just feel like she is passionate about like the medium of pro wrestling and I think it makes her miserable that she doesn't get to actually do what she's passionate about. Yeah. And I, I think there's, like, I honestly admire it. And I get why people will say she's like a crybaby or whatever. But, like, I get it. And I don't blame her. And I wish more people would do the same thing. Like, I feel like that's what Dean Ambrose, it's exactly what Dean Ambrose just did. Like, I hate this shit. I'm going to go do something else. And I think he's going to be looked at wherever he pops up. As John Moxley, he's going to be viewed as like a hero for doing what he did. But like, I do you agree with me? I think it's exactly the same. He was like, "I'm yeah. tired of this. Let me go do what I really want to do." Yeah, I agree. But the thing, I agree. And but Sasha Banks, she had she just signed an extension like next last year, so I don't know where her contract status is. But yeah, I agree. And Ambrose did it professional. He did it perfect. He said, "My contract's coming up. I'm not resigning. I don't care about the money. I'm out." So that, that, that's the best way to do it. And did they drop him out the last few months there? Yeah, but all right, I'm out. And I'm, and I'm going to do what I want on my own when I'm out of this company. And probably be, I'll pro I, and I'll no doubtly be better than what I was here. Right. Um, yeah, and I, I do get it. Like, she did sign a contract, and that's on her. Like, that's something she had the choice to do. But I kind of want all of these men and women, like, holding them accountable for, like, we know what they're doing sucks. Obviously, the talent knows what they're doing sucks. So, like, why not, why not acknowledge it? I'd yeah. rather see it get called out than act like it's okay. Um, so, as far as any, like, week-to-week -week stuff... Alo, I didn't pick up any, like, hidden meanings in anything that Bray Wyatt said... But I do feel like they're definitely adding a layer every week. And, like, obviously, like, the, the painting last week was, was more disturbing than anything we saw on the first week. Uh, this week we had, like, the one character who ate another character. And, and then he, <laughs> like, had the, he had the jump cut. 
Right. Like that that's obviously even more disturbing and then you see all the kids sitting there looking absolutely miserable. And Yeah, I was trying to like decode that. So like that my Yeah, so like my feeling is what's what's the catchphrase he says at the end? Follow the buzzer what? At the end of the playhouse? At the very end of the thing, he says something about and all you have to do is let me in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I wish I could remember what he says before that. But like the whole uh, myth of the vampire is like they can't enter your home unless they're invited in. And then once they're invited in, they can come in whenever they want. And I almost look at this as like Bray Wyatt is, I don't know if it's like he's possessing these kids. I don't know if this is going back to like the thing where he's like hypnotizing these kids. But to me, I'm viewing it as like, you have to let me in. Meaning once, once, they give him the go-ahead to, like, influence them. They have no power against him. So, it's to me, it's I don't know if it's, like, brainwashing or what it is. But, like, to me, I like that it has become more and more disturbing each yeah, time we've seen it. Definitely layered. Uh, and that's the way I looked at the kids, though. is like he is somehow occupying or hypnotizing or possessing them. Like, they're not happy to be there with him. But there's nothing they can do. And to me, that's, like, a terrifying story they could tell that's what they're going for is him being scary that's a good way to do it where he's like almost holding people against their will in some way there's still a lot of tie-ins again reading into his just his old character with um the witch obviously mm-hmm. tied in abigail the buzzard um just the character he is again forgiveness so it, again it's not like just completely a reformation of his character it's just a new direction for his character i feel yeah and I don't know how much longer we're going to see him just doing this. So, Ayla, would you rather see them continue doing this for like another month or like six weeks? Or do you think it's getting to the point where we need to start seeing something like in the arena, like in the ring? Well, uh, I wouldn't mind seeing it for maybe another two to three weeks because like, like I said, like, like, like we said earlier about a TV show, it's like, you want to have a reason to watch. You kind of want to wonder. And for the last three weeks, this has had all of us on the show wondering what what's next. What is what meaning does this have? What meaning does this have? And that's one thing to look forward to. And the culmination of it when it all comes together, and he says something like, "Who knows? Like, will the old Bray will this, will this end up being the old Bray Wyatt? You know, um, that, that that's something that you got kind of got to think of. It's like, what does all this stuff?" lead to but so i wouldn't mind a little bit more longevity out of it but me personally i kind of want to see some some stuff like in the ring that's not that's not on a, a pre a pre-recorded promo yeah what's in the ring persona like yeah so i i wouldn't mind another two to three weeks of this yeah i want to see them continue building it i want to see them continue like adding new things to it because part of my fear is like once he is on the show, it's going to fall off the rails. Like this is the part where they could kind of oh, protect yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's what I was saying. It's like all these little things because we talked about when they first came on how the internet, you know, like you and Eric liked it. I was in the middle. I didn't like it at all, really. And and Bray, Bray sent out that tweet. If you guys, have, I'm paraphrasing, but he said, if you guys are like this, you're dumb or something like that because there's more to this. Right. And with the last, uh, last week. Um, sorry, I just fire. Googled. I just Googled it. The thing that he says is, I'll always light the way and all you have to do is let me in. Okay. So, so like all the things that he's been doing, it's like, the, like the whole thing with the fire that kind of resembled the house that Randy Orton burned down and stuff. Like uh, these little things and things that he's saying, they have to have meaning. And he also said that he also had a tweet this past week said a few years ago, a few years ago, I, I said something in a promo each and every week, but nobody ever caught it. So there's things in this that we, that until the dust and everything's said and done that we don't really know until he actually brings it all together for us. So that's why I think this is like really interesting because it's actually making us think. <laughs> right. And we're, we have to like kind of wait it out to a certain degree. Um, is there like, so Joey, what, 
what happened on Raw or SmackDown this week that like mattered the most in your eyes? Mattered the most. I mean, again, you got Daniel Bryan coming back, and he, um, him, and Rowan um, won the titles. They weren't just given the titles. I think that could be a kind of interesting uh, story story turn. And Bryan had did have the match against Kofi. So, do we yeah. think Daniel Bryan is now away from the world title? I think he's away for the world title for now. Um, again, they had that, that WrestleMania rematch, which was a pretty good match. Uh, WrestleMania one was better, obviously, but um, it was good to see him back in, in the ring. And then Kofi defending, he wants to be a fighting champ. We, we heard that a lot over the last couple of years, but he's actually done it thus far, so that's that's good. And then um, again, they have him out of the title picture, and he'll be focusing mainly on the uh, on these uh, tag team titles. Kind of giving some relevance to the division again, right? Over and that a- end. And Ayla, what about you? Like, outside of that, like, what is something that happened that actually mattered to you this week? Well, I did enjoy the whole Brian and Rowan becoming tag team champions. I thought it was great. I don't know if you saw the backstage segment with uh, uh, Heavy Machinery and, and staring down on Brian. I thought it was great, and Brian just like completely disgusted. I thought that uh, he actually cut a promo about the resurgence of the tag team division. I believe on dot com. I think it was. I believe it was an exclusive. I haven't so I haven't seen it yet, but I heard it got good praise. Uh, other than that, nothing at all because anything else, anything else is it just seems recycled and nothing has any meaning anymore. Like Rollins and AJ, Vince put they hate each other. Vince puts them in a tag team match together. I understand that's WWE one on one, but you, they do it with every feud now, so it's not. It doesn't have the same effect as it would any other time. Uh, we're, I'm assuming we're getting a heel AJ Styles where the AJ Styles walked out on Rollins in the tag match, but there's just nothing there. And this wild card thing is just like a, a rating. So basically, we're we're just kind of in the same place where we are every week. Do either of you feel like there's even a, a pay per view coming up in two weeks? No, not not really. No. Alo, like, do you feel like there's about to be a big pay per view coming a week from Sunday? Not a week from Sunday, but uh, May twenty fifth, double or nothing. <laughs> so outside of WWE, you feel very aware. Oh yeah, I, yeah, I'm ready for double or nothing. I mean, I'll still watch what, it, obviously. What are doing that instead of Raw SmackDown? <laughs> yeah, uh, this week is actually the least I've watched of any. It's literally the only thing I watched of wrestling this week was the Bray Wyatt thing. I don't think I watched anything else. I scrolled through the YouTube highlights on Raw and SmackDown. And I was like, nah, 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 nah. Don't don't see any reason to do it. And from what you guys have told me, I really didn't make the wrong decision <laughs> by, by not. Were you missing more uh, titillating Lars action? Oh, I bet. Oh, you missed uh, the man Matt with the giant skull. <laughs> Matt Harmon, our truth, you, so good. So you're saying I should watch that? Yes, just that. Matt Harmon, our truth. I could get behind that. I like both of those guys. Um, it's that's not Sullivan, but just watch for Matt Harmon, our truth. <laughs> Is there anything else about wrestling that we need to talk about? I mean, I'm surprised. We're we're over an hour. I don't know how we did it. Really? We're skilled. Yeah, we're skilled divi- individuals. When I hit record, I wasn't. I, I was not 100 percent sure we'd be even a half hour. And we talked about Raw for like five minutes. I know. <laughs> we also had about a half hour commercial breaks, so that's we'll add true. Add that in there. It's a two hour show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll add a half hour of ads, and we'll end up with a 90 minute show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the wild card this week. We're throwing in some ads. Yeah. Uh, I don't know anything. If either one of you has anything else you'd like to to mention or discuss. Feel free right now, but I know I personally don't have anything else. I feel like no, I like you about. said, we didn't have a lot to kind of cover this week. We got a lot out of uh, we got some blood from the stone, if you will. <laughs> Good way to put it. We did do that. Alo, anything from you? Uh, nope. Celtics about to go home. What's the score? Uh, ninety-five to seventy-three. Seven minutes left. Damn. So they got killed. Yeah, look like I told you they would. Kyrie's, yeah. Kyrie's going to cry and end up somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, he's going to end up in New York probably, yeah. or L.A., or who knows. I, yeah, yeah, Patch, I need I need a new team. I don't know if you saw the Ty Lue stuff. I did. 
I, I need I need a new team. I can't. And the one thing I could take solace in: the Sixers may go home tomorrow night, but the Celtics will have gone home first. <laughs> Damn straight. So I can I can at least live with that. In less game. Yes, in less games. games. One day earlier and in one less. So I guess at that point we gotta become Giannis fans. Uh you know what? I will always have respect for Giannis for ending their season. I, I definitely will. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I guess. Yeah, and I'm that... scouting for a new team, so. Huh? I said, and I'm scouting for a new team, so the Bucks might. The Bucks are up there. I might <laughs> so they're they're on team. your uh, cannot... on your list. You can't be a front runner. Well, <laughs> it's between the Bucks and the Nets. I cannot stand the Los Angeles. You can go with the Nets. I obviously want to be shot if they try to trade LeBron in the summer. I really wouldn't. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't be terribly shocked. It's going to be hard to do, but I wouldn't be terribly shocked if it happened. Well, Alo, I, I wish you luck on your quest. I look forward to seeing how it, it pans out. Um, subscribe on iTunes. Please leave a five-star rating and review. If you are listening and if you have a concrete idea of how to make Raw or SmackDown more entertaining, please do not hesitate to reach out and let us know what that idea is. Uh, Joel Embiid, I'm not ready for you to sit down and trust the process because I'm not trying to catch the flu or whatever the hell it is that you have. <laughs> yes, SARS. Yeah, hopefully whatever it is, it clears up by Thursday night. Um, go back and listen to our throwbacks, our unsanctioned episodes, any other episodes that we have in our library. Check out your boy Elroy on Fridays if you are a mixed martial arts fan. For Mr. Sexy Punta Conda, the now forever, C. Kane Joe Rodermill. Living, loving. <laughs> For Mr. Wednesday Night Live, we call him Alo. The ladies call him Balo, Aaron Lloyd. I am Ron Pashery, and we will see you next week. Hop on the top rope, by the land with this elbow. Got him now, put him down right now, hit him with the palm handle. Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. Fist of Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again. Fans marking man, man, I hate my ball. Shut the mystery man, it ain't shake the land off the cell. Fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome. Well, what I'm cooking, man, y'all off the smell.